one, and we're live on all channels, broadcasting worldwide, one dude and a microphone reaching over 50 countries from a stupid fucking attic with terrible internet. You never know how one can help and save humanity. Welcome to the Jonathan Kogan Show, everybody. I'm your host, Jonathan Kogan. We might have to cut off the second half on YouTube because we get into other people's opinions that must be censored, must be, must be censored because you're a peasant. You've always been a peasant and you cannot, you can not handle certain information. So therefore I need to gate, I need to be the gate for what you can receive, what transmissions you can see, you can watch, you can hear. I must control that because I know what's true and not true. And I know what you can handle and cannot handle. So therefore I will censor in your best interest because I love you and I do not want to have more power and make you believe a certain narrative. It's because I love you. I just can't tell you that directly. So I will just filter the information you get. So therefore you can make the best decisions possible based on forced information down your fucking throat. Okay. Sorry. Excuse my language. I'm back. Jonathan Cogan show, everybody. We're starting off with your favorite hero, a true Christian, a patriot, a, um, a philanthropic, a philanthropic capitalist, as he said, a monopolist, um, loves little girls on islands and most likely putting his penis in them. Bill Gates, your favorite humanitarian. Okay. I sorry. I have to see, I have to say this on so many podcasts. It's so rough that I keep needing to do this, but there might be some new listeners. So I'm enlightening you. This podcast shares the truth, no matter how dark, how light. I'm just very direct with it. Okay. So when I say things like, yes, Bill Gates flew to Epstein pedophilia Island like 48 times and probably had sex with his penis in little girls that are underage against their will, perhaps in some countries called rape. I just go out and tell you that I don't filter it. I just tell you that it's very hard to hear. It's very sad. It's not something I want to tell you, but it's something you deserve to know because this guy is ordering you to do certain things and to put things in your body. And therefore, I think you should know his background. So, and that's great. He's great. He's America's doctor. He's the world's doctor. He loves children. In fact, he loves your children so much. He'd probably take them in a back shack and probably, you know, who knows, especially if it's a young girl. Who knows? Maybe he's in a young boy. Who I don't know. But when that man talks and his hands, his fingers outstretch so far where his palms are like, like pushing out too strongly. It's like, okay, we think it's just when I watch him speak, I don't get my heart doesn't get warm and I don't feel like I'm being told the truth. I feel like there's an agenda at play. Yeah, he was just on. He was just on the Anderson Cooper. Maybe we'll play it later in the episode. But it, it seems a bit sticky. Okay, if you just go with your human emotional gut instinct, and you watch that man, just look up the most recent Anderson Cooper brought to you by Pfizer uh, interview with Bill Gates, and you watch him when he's when Anderson's even asking him the question, and he he's sitting there. If you're watching this with his face, he's like. Like he's like he's thinking up a concoction, you know, like he's coming up with a story in real time. And you tell me if your gut feels like that dude is telling you the truth. And if your gut says yes, 
God bless you. You can still listen to the Jonathan Kogan show because we accept all people, no matter what your races are, sexes, genders, whatever you identify with, whatever you don't identify with, whoever you hate, it doesn't matter. We love you here because we're starting a community because just like BlackRock, yes, BlackRock, who has $10 trillion, which is double the GDP of the fourth largest economy in the world, which is the country of Germany, very powerful. They said the times the past, you know, 40, 50 years is over. I don't want to get off topic, but we're in a new regime. There's going to be a new regime. Okay. You're going to have less freedom of choice. Go watch Mark Moss's most recent video, less freedom of choice, less goods. You better get your Apple products now because those are going away, baby. They're going away. All right. Melinda, Melinda Gates, Melinda French Gates, who, love, you know how, like I say this all the time, how Ye, Ye was like, I love Hitler. And it's weird, right? Well, Melinda French or Frenchie Gates, she loves abortion. She loves abortion. She loves abortion. She is all about abortion. In fact, a lot of white women who don't have babies, they love abortion. Oh, they love it. If you said, hey, Melinda French Gates. I can get you an ice cream birthday cake with your favorite flavor, or I can get, I can bring a black, a young black girl from Africa and get an abortion right in front of you. She'd be like, Oh my God, I want that abortion. I want to see that little black African get an abortion. It, 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 listen, if you're pro choice, pro life, it's not about that. It's just a weird thing to be obsessed about. It's a weird thing to go out of your way to be like, I love abortion. It's just weird. Like you might be, okay, I get it. Like pro choice. It's fantastic. Whatever. But like to go out of your way and be like, oh my God, instead of watching Liar Liar with Jim Carrey, I'd rather see an African girl get an abortion. That's a little strange. Okay. But Melinda Gates is the number one fan of abortions worldwide. Obsessed. Obsessed. She dreams about it. She probably does a lot of things to it. Okay. When thinking about it. She came out and wanted to talk about the divorce with um, the humanitarian, great hero, true Christian, patriot, lover of humans, pro-population, Bill Gates. And um, I just figured I'd play this interview for you because uh, she, she gets asked some interesting questions and about how, you know, after Jeffrey Epstein, who, by the way, you cannot know anything about, definitely do not read the book, One Nation Under Blackmail. Do not do that. Do not do that. You're not supposed to. Do not do that. Um, he, uh, after Jeffrey Epstein was uh, convicted of pedophilia with little girls, sex trafficking, Bill Gates went on his plane like another 42 times. But, but he didn't go on it 52 times. So is he a bad person? No. Does he love you? Yes. Just like she loves abortions, Bill Gates does the same thing with vaccines. He loves the vax. Mm. Oh, he loves it. He loves needles. He likes genetically modified, uh, what his quote on the video, genetically modified organism. We just shoot them in the vein of young African girls. They love African girl abortions and they love injecting genetically modified uh, stuff into Africa. They love it. They love it. Mm. They love it. All right. Here's Melinda Gates talking about being married to, uh, let's just call him lizard man, whatever he is. I don't even know what he is, but he's not definitely not a normal dude. And by the way, I don't mean to be mean. This is totally off topic. This has nothing to do with anything. This is just my personal opinion. When you look at Melinda French Gates, doesn't she look like a dude? Not like a dude. She just looks like a dude or not a very attractive woman, but like a dude. And um, that's nothing wrong with that. Not like a dude. Like if you look at Michelle Obama and you say, oh, that's Michael Obama because Barack Obama literally calls Michelle Obama, Michael Obama. And there's like certain characteristics where like a men's shoulders 
like are wider than women's. Like you could do like a, a, a whole head next to your head and then like a half head for men. If you just look at, just look deeply at Michelle Obama, just look at her, just look and tell me if you could see Michael Obama. I think you might be able to see it. You might be able to see it. That's not Melinda French Gates. I don't think she's a true dude, but she just looks like a dude, but not in that way. Not like Michael Obama. Okay, here we go. Let's play some of this interview. She just came out recently and wanted to talk about how she's moving on, baby. One report that said it was multiple affairs. Do you care to say anything about that? You know, I think those are questions Bill needs to answer. Okay. You know, it was also widely reported that Bill had a, a friendship or business or some kind of contact with Jeffrey Epstein and that you were not, uh, that that was very upsetting to you. Did that play a role in the, in the divorce at all in this process? Yeah, as I said, it's not one thing. It was many things. But I did not like uh, that he'd had meetings with Jeffrey Epstein, no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you made that clear to him? I made that clear to him. I also met Jeffrey. So, uh, Bill Gates, BFF forever, Jeffrey Epstein, who was probably a great man and loved children also. He probably, he, his philanthropy is amazing. I mean, he donated to schools, to children, women's rights, which means abortions. Uh, they just, oh, God, Melinda Gates loves abortion. I can't get over that. She drools over it. She loves abortions. It's so interesting. It's interesting. You can love whatever you want. I just find it fascinating how one can be so obsessed with abortions, like out of nowhere. It's like, what do you love? Oh, I love the Cleveland Browns. What do you love? Oh, I love African girls getting abortions. Just weird, dude. So yeah, uh, Bill Gates knew that uh, Jeffrey Epstein was a convicted pedophile. And Bill Gates said, you know what? I don't care. I'll still go on the Lolita Express and I'll still go to your island because therefore I can go have sex with little girls who are under the age of 18 against their will because I founded or co-founded Microsoft and I love vaccines that he probably didn't say that part. Maybe he did. Maybe he did. Maybe he does that when he comes, he goes, vaccine. I don't know. And then she goes, oh, abortion. who knows? Anyways, I'm getting off topic here. So his BFF convicted pedophile, Jeffrey Epstein, he hangs out with Jeffrey Epstein all the time. And on this other side, we go through a horrible pan, Demic, totally beating the AI algorithms every day, baby. The uh, the the airborne virus fiasco, we'll call it. Uh, that guy was the voice of reason and science. Well, not science. Science was Anthony Fauci, but of of what choices to make with scientific information. And by the way, on that topic, experts and scientists are freaking out now that science has retired. Science is officially retired now. That's 2023. And experts and scientists do not know what to do. 
I saw that. That was pretty funny because Anthony Fauci referred to himself as the science. So therefore he retires. The science goes with him. Okay. So yeah, Melinda Gates talks about his, how he's with a, a convicted pedophile. And what does Bill Gates do? He doesn't say, I don't want to hang out with you because uh, you're, he goes, no, I want to hang out with you more because I want to do the same thing because I love children. Maybe he loves abortions because he doesn't like to use condoms. I'm sorry. Is that, that's a very, you don't want to hear this stuff, but you can handle real information. You can handle that. It's very dark. I understand it's very, very dark, but you can handle it. Okay. Bill Gates doesn't wrap the tool. Okay. He just puts it in and turns it into a pool, whatever that means. Okay. Next topic. We got a lot of stuff going on here. Okay. A lot of stuff. I guess I got to keep up with it. So, uh, well, this is where I'm going to cut it off, uh, from YouTube, I think. So I'm going to cut off from YouTube. So if you want to watch this, if you're watching on YouTube, go to my Rumble page or John, download the Jonathan Cogan show wherever you get your podcasts. We are exiting YouTube for the time being. End stream. End. Okay, we ended it. Thank you very much. Okay, so what do we got here? We got uh, uh, Japan launches a f official investigation into millions of... Uh, COVID vaccine deaths. Okay. Newspunch.com. According to reports, Japanese researchers have been instructed to investigate the mechanisms by which experimental mRNA, mRNA jabs could be causing uh, adverse, serious adverse reactions and deaths. Hiroshima University School of Medicine professor Masataki Nagao highlighted how the bodies of V persons he performed autopsies on were abnormally warm with upwards of 100 degree Fahrenheit body temperatures. And he says, quote, the first concern was that the body temperatures of the corpses were very high when the police performed the autopsy. Nagayo declared the body temperatures were unusually high, such as 33 or 34 degrees Celsius, which is 91 and 93, 93 degrees Fahrenheit. So that's a big deal that's going on. So there's a lot of momentum to investigate and just look into if there was any foul play. You see, I have people tell me like things that are very dark, like, like, People are talking about the football player, okay, that collapsed. Do I know what happened? No. Do I care? I mean, I, I hope he's okay, but I'm not going to be here to speculate. Oh, it was, it was, it was, you know, it was the inoculation. It wasn't. That's not what this is about. Have him be healthy, okay? But I have people that say to me very dark things, like, so someone asked, what, like, like, okay, can we contribute this to the inoculation to the jab? And and this person replies something like. You know, don't say that to get Jonathan like excited. And that's very dark. Like, I don't want people. I'm not, I'm about pro population and pro human. I am anti depopulation agenda. I hate that. I hate it. I'm the opposite. It's not, I don't want to be proven right. I want to be proven wrong. I want to be, I loved, just like Yay loves Hitler and Melinda Gates loves abortions and Bill Gates loves vaccines. I love to be proven wrong. I love to be proven wrong. Be like, I was wrong. I learned something new from you. So no, I don't want to be proven right with this because because if I'm proven right, it's very dark. It's very dark. That means people are hurt. People are injured. It's a bad thing. I don't like that. But the people on the other side, for some reason, have this huge like ego where like they must be right. And that's why they were so radical. Let's have, you know, vaccine passports and this crazy shit. Um, for a while. And now they realize that they were so loony toony that they're like, well, uh, I don't know. Can we, I just embarrass myself on, you know, all these occasions. 
can I have the the uh, the courage and humility to be like, hmm, maybe I overreacted during the time we didn't know what was going on, and I take back what I said. Or you know, I wish I didn't say it or whatever. I said it, and you know what? Now I think differently, and therefore I change my mind. And I'm sorry if I discriminate against you. You don't even need to say that. I just change my mind. I look at things differently because I have more information. But these people can't do that. They can't reevaluate situations even when more information comes in. I reevaluate every day. Now, the thing is, is that I have the courage to be straightforward with you. To, does that even a word? Straightforward? To be straightforward with you and to tell you information that I believe to be true at the time. And then I keep investigating and I keep investigating and I iterate. It's over and over. It's nonstop investigative journalism. Okay. And I share with you the truth. So far, this podcast has been 99% right. Okay. Uh, perhaps there's an error and they've been corrected. The errors have been corrected, but the people on this other side are very, Oh, wow. You know, don't say that, you know, it was the jab that, that this guy had a cardiac arrest on the, on the field because then Jonathan will get excited. No, Jonathan doesn't get excited when people get cardiac arrest. Jonathan isn't happy when people have heart attacks. Jonathan isn't happy when humans get hurt. Okay. That is sick. That is twisted. And that is not my cup of tea. You understand? Good. I'm glad we're good. I had to get that out of the way. So uh, John Stockton, okay, I didn't know this, but John Stockton, the point guard of Utah Jazz, all-time assist leader, I guess has been pretty outspoken in this area. And Michelle Tafoya, remember the ESPN reporter, Michelle Tafoya? Well, she's kind of in this game. Everyone's in the game of like, let's get sanity back into the world. But he, Michelle Tafoya interviewed on her sideline sanity show, Ken Rukers, who played in the NFL, and John Stockton, who was one of the best point guards of all time, uh, about the insanity going on in the world. And I figured that I would play some of this interview for you because it's very, very interesting. Because what we saw with the Buffalo Bills, I'm not saying what it is and what it isn't, just what we saw was crazy. And, you know, it's very sad. Let's hope it's speed recovery. But John Stockton, two weeks before this, before yesterday, talked about how athletes were dropping dead or, 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 you know, having heart issues and stuff. And I'm not, again, I want to be very clear. I am not saying anything about the Buffalo Bills player because what we do on this podcast is we wait for more information before declaring a stance. And we don't have nearly enough information on that. We just hope he has a speedy recovery and that he gets to play again someday. And at the very least becomes fully healthy. That's it. Period. End of story. Done. Moving on. This is a totally separate subject. John Stockton interview. This is a very interesting interview. He's putting a lot on the line, so I'm 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 thinking that if he's willing to put his his reputation like this on the line, that he must have some data and must have uh you know some information. So I figure I play some of this for you. It's very interesting, and uh, I like to play other reputable people on the podcast to help bring you or a loved one back to sanity. Be like, it's okay to question things. In fact, it's required to question things, and the things that are most important to question are those things that are being told you by people in places of power and authority. Those must be questioned even more, but question everything. And even if you question it and you get the answer you expected, or you get the same answer that they were telling you, great. You just verified it. Fantastic. But questioning is key to everything. And people lost sight of that. And it's very, very important. So here's some of this interview with Michelle Tafoya and John Stockton and, and Ken Rutgers. Um. I mean, we talked about what, what, what's been the cause. People don't realize that if you don't report it, if the bears is a very poor way of keeping track of it, if you don't report it within the first 24 to 36 hours, it isn't recorded. And Henry Aaron, for example, did a public 
18 days later and had and got vaccinated and then died. And there's never, never, never mentioned. So people are starting to ask questions. And I think those things are coming out. I think that uh, uh, Twitter loosening up, they're starting to see the level of censorship that, that took place. Um, and, and it causes most people, even the ones that aren't actively thinking every day, to, to go, wait, wait, there's something going on here. And uh, they're starting to ask those questions. So when they learn that, that Mars doesn't really announce even 1% of the actual, and people are dying 14 days or seven days or even four days after the shot, that it, it still counts. But nobody's tracked that, just like they haven't for years. And again, like I said, they, I feel like I've been led to this for a lot of years. It's always been the case with vaccines. You know, I, I would be derelict if I didn't ask you this question, John, because uh, it, there's there's one article here, and, and quite a few of them mention this, that you you claimed that 100, 150 athletes have dropped dead be, since the vaccine came out. Where did you get that information? Well, I got it from a lot of places. Otherwise, I would have never had the confidence to share it. That, that's the beauty of it is, I, I mean, I... I have quite a system that I go through before I open my mouth, especially with statistics. And I knew at the time 150 was dramatically low. And uh, I, mean, I thought it was in the area of 300. So when, when, when I went and spoke at the spokesman review, we had a nice interview and they asked that. And of course, whatever factchecker.org or .com is came out and said, well, that's baloney. Um, I went back and looked again. I have names, pictures, faces, um, where they played. Of, I had over 300 at the time, so I felt pretty secure with my little 150. And yeah. uh, you know, people had to come out and argue that I, I had the proof in my hands, piece of paper with the name. So, um, and it's been it's way more than that now. I mean, I, I think it's in the thousands now. But uh, don't quote me on that one. I, I won't quote. Okay, we're not quoting John on that one. <laughs> no, no, not three thousand, but it might be. It's a big number. It's um, you know, I just ran into someone the other day, and she told me that her husband. 45 years of age had a stroke and they couldn't figure out why they did ran all the tests and so forth. And she said it was about, you know, six weeks after the vaccine that he took. And she, she kind of thinks there might be something to that. And we have seen, as, as you mentioned, a lot of the heart disease, a lot of the myocarditis, the, the, those things cropping up. And it seems too, too much of an incidence to be coincidence, you know, to be just, it just seems like the numbers can't can't lie, and we have so many people, experts talking about this now. Doctors, statisticians, people who are in the field who are saying, you know, we got to pay attention to this. And, and and frankly, the vaccine, you know, they told us it it would stop transmission. It didn't. They tell us to keep getting boosted. We see people getting boosted, and then they get they get COVID again. I, so it's. I think the hesitancy is is logical, Ken, don't you? I, I do. And, I, you know, I, I think back to, to Aaron Rodgers, the Packers quarterback, mm -hmm. when he, you know, when the spotlight was shined on him. And just like John, you know, the information's out there, right? Uh, we have access to using our own critical thinking. We may not be doctors. Um, I mean, I am a PhD, but not in the medical field, but... <clears throat> You know, it's using critical thinking and looking at the science. And then you get, you know, you know, uh, reporters. I mean, I remember Terry Bradshaw. And I like Terry Bradshaw. I mean, he was one of my favorite quarterbacks when I was a young kid growing up playing football. And he's hammering uh, Aaron Rodgers for taking horse pace. And he has no idea because he's not done his own research on it. And Aaron has. And, you know, it's like, hey, 
right on, Aaron, if that's what you want to do. And Aaron went through all of the protocols that, that he was, uh, you know, mandated based on the, on his decision. So I, I think the, the numbers and the science are there. And I think those numbers and science, you know, it's starting to come out. The studies are starting to come out. The trial data from Pfizer is starting to come out in and belie the old narrative that we have, uh, that, that it's safe and effective. And I'm not sure what, how we as a society define safe is like a hundred percent safe, 97. We don't really talk about that. And you right. mentioned that too, Michelle, about, yeah, there's been some, some drops in the efficacy and, and the transmission rates. It's the whole narrative around this ha- is maybe one of the scariest things only because you had to agree or keep your mouth shut. And that I admire you too for your courage on this. I want to talk about that part of this whole, this whole issue of not being able to ask questions. We're going to get into that oh, right after this. Let's skip ahead. Hold on. Saying, do we thought, you know, this so was going to help. I do want to say real was- quick, she talks about the courage. Well, She's kind of representing the Jonathan Cogan show too, not to, you know, <laughs> not to pat myself on the back, <laughs> but we're fantastic. Okay. We're fantastic. This is one of the best podcasts on the internet. Definitely the top eight political podcasts in the world. No question about it because every other podcast is political. So obviously we're number one because there's no one else in the fucking category. Uh, but uh, I started this because the truth wasn't getting out, but the information was out there, but people were filtering it for you for whatever reason, because you can't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth, but you can, and you definitely can. And um, listen, if you've been along for a ride, I just want to say thank you. I appreciate it. Let's play a little bit more of this, and then we'll get back and we'll wrap it up. It was administered early enough. It could help patients who were sick. And I put it on Facebook and I said, why are we all just denying or just saying this is baloney when this doctor is, is believing in it. And the the blowback I got for raising the question made me leave Facebook temporarily. But I let, I was like, this is not, this is ugly. I mean, this friends of mine are are calling me things that I'm like, what? So th- this is what's bothered me the most, I think, about this whole thing, outside of the fact that people can, like your wife and, and people that I've met, have actually been injured by this thing. But the, the fact that we couldn't ask questions, the fact that there was this, it, it's almost like a movie. You know, we get our COVID updates every day from the White House and then And, and how, how that came to be and how they were able to use fear to dominate a society and, and you know, make some of the atrocities that that are, are now famous. And, and uh, so maybe I have my eyes open for that, but it doesn't really matter whether the, the, the vaccine is effective or safe. It doesn't matter if, if Ken's right, you're right, I'm right, or anybody else right. What, what, what matters is that we've willingly given away our freedoms We've willingly given people the right to test us with an invasive test that, that was had a negative efficacy. You were wrong. They were wrong. Or- 
that didn't even test for COVID. We allowed that. Then, based on that false data, we had a choice. You could either lose your job or take a shot that was often deadly. We talked about the blood clots. The blood clots aren't blood clots. There's, it's something different. You hear the medical people talk, and they can use different words than I can, but it doesn't even blood clotting. It's a, it's a, it's a plaque or something that's in there. So um, none of those things matter. What matters is that we realize and say, look, never are we going to give up our freedoms again and allow medicine to take over, not allow us to speak, not allow us to question. I mean, really, that's what science is, is the, is the, the right to question. Um, and if that's gone, we don't have much of a, of a country. And this is, people are going through shark-infested waters to get here. We may be the last bastion of hope to fight this, but we've got to fight. It's got to be kind of everybody fighting for just not giving up those freedoms, no matter what. Yeah, Ken, I, I, you know, I've had so many experiences with people just saying, how can you say that? What are you thinking? Are you stupid? Are you selfish? Are you this? You know, my brother did not want to get vaccinated. And when I was a guest on The View, uh, you know, he was called when the cameras weren't rolling many names by the people around me on the set of The View. And um, I thought to myself, he's an American. He's a human. He has a choice. He has a brain. He's making his own choice based on what he wants for himself. But you were called selfish if you didn't want to wear a mask. You were called selfish if you didn't want to get the vaccine and that you weren't protecting or caring about other people around you, that you were grandma killers, all the names. And we can't forget this. It's, you know, this was just in the last few years. We can't forget what happened and how many people just said, I'd rather not talk about this at all than go through the slings and arrows that you guys are taking. I'd just rather quit Facebook or just not repost anything or not ask questions. And John's right. Without questions, science doesn't work. Well, yeah, not only science doesn't work, but, but, you know, having an uncensored voice is so critical to democracy and freedom uh, and being able to do that. And, and of course, you know, it, it's pretty classical what we've been through to some degree. It's we, we have most a lot of people have not experienced this in their lifetime. But, you know, the othering of groups, the tribalization, the balkanization yeah. within our society and and people that are wearing the masks are in one tribe and people that aren't are in another tribe or people that are speaking out um, and saying you need to take the shot or in the one tribe and, and the others are saying, hey, I don't know, I'm questioning this. I don't know how safe it is. I don't know if I need it at my age. You talk about the Great Barrington Declaration of maybe it's not one size fits all, which is traditionally in our society, you know, it's like I have a relationship with my doctor and he's treating me as an individual, not a group or a mass. So, yeah, it's been, it's been a challenge for sure. And the fear, I think a lot of that's, you know, the fear of, and I think the I think the 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 social cliche or the the banner was take the shot or die. I mean that's kind of the people that I talked with. It was that was kind of the choice. My friend did tell me. Frank. I was like, he's like, okay, then just die if you want to if you want to get sick and die. Well, I'm doing incredible, and I hope he's doing incredible because we like love on this podcast. And I want to get to the end here where Michelle talks about um, her own experience with people. It was pretty touching at the end. Let's see. Framed that way for us. So it, it, it. You see, they all lost some credibility, Ken, and, and, and this, these institutions that we once really trusted 
it, it sort of makes you question, you know, all the things that we trusted years past. But certainly it raises questions about the people who occupy those those spaces. As as John just articulated, these are people who were not elected. And, and in the case of the World Health Organization, that's kind yeah. of terrifying because I don't think the United States so is well represented about there. And is, uh, he brings up the pandemic treaty that the WHO, World Health Organization, is trying to get signed uh, by sovereign nations, which will basically undermine, I believe, the 10th Amendment, of, at least for the United States. But basically, when there's another pandemic, the WHO with this pandemic treaty, if it's if it's signed by all the sovereign nations, the next time there's a pandemic, the orders of what to do comes directly from Tedros or from the WHO. Okay? And, uh, and, and there's no longer sovereign nations. So you can, I've, I've covered that on a previous podcast, maybe like 20, 25 ago of the pandemic treaty from one of the best international, uh, lawyers who found like George Bush guilty of crimes against humanity and like the international courts, like one of the top guys. So they're trying to get this pandemic treaty signed by all sovereign nations to consolidate power into just the WHO. And WHO is mostly funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to tie this back to the beginning and the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party or the CPC. Um, and I, you know, I wasn't going to say, well, there's two more things I want to do, but since we talked about the WHO, uh, Tedros was just giving a little speech and, uh, he said something really weird. They say like Freudian slips, you know, Freudian slips, like you say something that you mean by accident. Um, oh no, let's see if I can find it real quick. Oh, he deleted it. So, uh, all right. Freud. He, I wonder if we could pull this up, but let's see. Let's see. I think this will, let's see if this works. Sorry for. Hold on. So he. Okay. All right, here we go. Let me play this for you real quick. Doctor, Doctor Teachers, we don't know if he's a medical doctor. We don't know what the deal is, but he's basically the head of, uh, in his country, uh, Uganda, I think maybe it is, but he's part of like the crime one. So he like inverts reality, but listen to what he just said. This was, this was like live on national. You could look this up. This is real. This is what he said. Um, I don't know if it's a Freudian slip or what. And I haven't played this specific video, uh, through. So I'm hoping this is the right one, but it looks like this was like two days ago. Listen to what he says or watch. Okay, ready? Here we go. Thanks, everyone. Of its benefits, especially with elderly uh, groups, uh, senior citizens, especially above 65 and above 60. So if it's going to be used, it's better to focus on those groups who have risk of severe disease and death, rather than, as we see, some countries are using to give boosters to kill children, which is not right. Then the equity issue comes here. Instead of boosting a child in high-income countries, it's better to vaccinate the elderly in countries who have uh, the elders who, are, who have not been vaccinated, even the primary vaccines. So the equity issue should also come into into. So if you miss that, let's go through it again, shall we? As we see, some countries are using to give boosters to kill children. Some countries are using 
the jibby-jabby to kill children. Straight from the horse's mouth. Or should I say the Tedros's mouth? The swamp donkey. You really did say that. That's real. Look that up. The WHO. The head of the WHO is Tedros. He did say that. <laughs> that just happened. Uh I figured I wasn't going to, I forgot I wasn't going to play that, but yeah, he said some countries are using it to the boosters to kill children. Well, I don't listen. I'm not giving you my opinion. I'm just giving you what he said. That's just what he said. That's literally what he said. You heard it like twice. That's just information for you. That's all. See now you, some people are pushing back. Oh my God, John, the blue. I didn't give you an opinion right there. I just played for you something that the head of the WHO said, why do you have an opinion on me? It makes no sense. I'm apolitical and I love you. Okay. This has nothing to do with it. I'm sharing information that's being filtered against you or not, or not getting through the filters for you, letting it get to you and be like, wow, there's crazy information out there. Here you go. So yeah, that's true. Uh, or that, that was real. I'm sorry. I meant that was real. Um, Bill Gates loves you and he loves little girls and rape and, uh, who knows? Uh, don't take your kids around him. And last but not least, we will end with this. Some Twitter files dropped again today. And it's Matt Taibbi dropping some fire. And what do you know? Here we go. Thread the Twitter files. Twitter and the FBI quote belly button. By 2020, Twitter was struggling with the problem of public and private agencies bypassing them and going straight to the media with lists of suspect accounts. In February 2020, as COVID broke out, the Global Engagement Center, a fledging analytic intelligence arms of the State Department, went to the media with a report called, quote, Russian disinformation apparatus taking advantage of coronavirus concerns. By the way, do you realize every time they use Russia, it's never Russia. It's always our, our it's always us. But whatever. The GEC flagged accounts as Russian personas and proxies based on criteria like describing the coronavirus as an engineered bioweapon, blaming research conducted at the Wuhan Institute and attributing the appearance of the virus to the CIA. State also flagged accounts that retweeted news that Twitter banned the popular U.S. news outlet Zero Hedge, claiming the episode, quote, led to another flurry of disinformation narratives. Zero Hedge had done reports speculating the virus had a lab origin, which we now know is basically true. The GEC still led directly to news stories like the AFP's headlined Russia-linked disinformation campaign led to coronavirus alarm, U.S. says, and a political story about how Russian, Chinese, and uh, Iranian disinformation narratives echo one another. You haven't made a Russia attribution in some time. When Clemson's media forensics hub explained, complained Twitter hadn't made a Russia attribution in some time, trust and safety chief Yoel Roth said it was revelatory of their motives, for their motives, of their motives, sorry. He says, quote, we're happy to work directly with you on this instead of NBC. Roth tried in vain to convince outside researchers like the Clemson lab to check with them before pushing stories about foreign interference to the media. Twitter was also trying to reduce the number of agencies with access to Roth. Quote, if these folks are like House Homeland Committee and DHS, once we give them a direct contact with UL, they will want to come back to him again and again, said Policy Director Carlos Monge. When the State Department and the GC, remember this was 2020, during the Trump administration, 
wanted to publicize a list of 5,500 accounts it claimed would, quote, amplify Chinese propaganda and disinformation about COVID, Twitter analysts were beside themselves. The GEC report appeared based on DHS data circulated earlier that week and included accounts that followed, quote, two or more Chinese diplomatic accounts. They reportedly ended up with a list of nearly 250,000 names long, including Canadian officials and a CNN account. Roth saw the GC's move as an attempt by the GC to use Intel from other agencies to insert themselves into the content moderation club that included Twitter, Facebook, the FBI, DHS, and others. The GEC was soon agreeing to loop in Twitter before going public, but they were using a technique that had boxed in Twitter before. Quote, the delta between when they share material and when they go to the press continues to be problematic, wrote one comms official. The episode led to a rare public disagreement between Twitter and state officials. And there's a lot more here, but basically <laughs> the, the Department of Homeland Security, the FBI are censoring Canadian public officials and media journalists from the CNN, the crisis news network. <laughs> they were censoring them too. They're censoring everybody. This is nuts. This is all against the people. This is anti-peasant type of action. Took me a while to think of that. This is anti-peasant warfare. Okay. This is against the peasants. We need to come together. We need to unite. We need to spread love. We need to open our community to others. We need to accept people who made errors over the last three years. Open and be asked, be forgiving. Lead with kindness. And let's grow together and become bigger than the state. We are bigger than the state. And by the way, the state works for us, okay? The government works for the people. The people don't work for the government, okay? That's an illusion. They work for us. It's of the people, the people, the people, the people. Why do you forget that? Sometimes I forget it too. All right. I hope you got a lot from today's podcast. The biggest takeaway is Melinda French Gates loves abortions. But besides that, I love you. You're amazing. Please subscribe to the Jonathan Kogan show. Share it. Watch it on Twitter at KOGZ. Donate patreon.com forward slash ownership economy. And thank you. Thank you for being a part of this journey. If you're new, welcome aboard. Welcome to the community. We're happy to have you. Hope you share it with somebody else or hope you go back and listen to some older episodes or you just continue to listen to episodes, every episode from here. So far, we've done an episode every single day in 2023. This might not last another day, but so far we are proud of it. And to show our appreciation, I just want to say thank you. I have nothing else I could do. So that's it. Oh, yeah. And if a thousand people subscribe to the Rumble channel, we will do one forever, every day for the entire year. No holds barred, whatever that means. I love you. You're amazing. Have an amazing day, an amazing night, an amazing afternoon. God bless. Please share the Jonathan Cogan show. Bye.